The Daily Rios, episode 451, Fosse Verdon, episode 1. Here's an unexpected podcast. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. Last night, April 9th, the first episode dropped of the FX8 episode miniseries entitled Fosse Verdon. Now, I've been looking forward to this for months, and I'm sure many people in musical theater probably feel the same way. And it's finally here, and I don't know, I just felt the need to podcast about it in case uh, there are people out there who are watching it who maybe aren't catching some of the background info or some of the characters. Uh, Well, I mean, they're not characters. They're real people, right? Many uh, who are still alive today. Um, The show is jumping around in, uh, you know, different timelines. I don't know. I was just inspired to say a few words, and maybe I will continue to do so as the series goes on. So Fosse Verdon is detailing the story behind the legendary musical theater couple Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, and it's talking about their collaboration, their partnership, their marriage, divorce, love, hate, all of their time together from when they met in the 1950s and started working together up to Fosse's death at age 60 in 1987, and Gwen Verdon would die in 2000. Now, there's a lot of information here that is absolutely incredibly well-known. It's well-documented. You can go to YouTube and see a ton of videos uh, from both of these giants, either by themselves or together, talking about each other, talking about their work, talking about each other's work. So, you know, what's one more story about their life, right? And um, I guess ultimately we will see by the end of this miniseries what this account will bring to their story, especially in this day and age, as we sort of go further and further from when they were alive. Um, at the very least, this could be a great way for a whole new generation of musical theater performers to get to know these creators and maybe do their own research should they be inspired There are a ton of biographies, written biographies, documentaries, interviews. I mean, hell, Fosse himself released the movie All That Jazz in 1979, which isn't hiding the fact that it's about his own life, and oddly enough, also about his death, which obviously didn't occur that uh, yet at that time. Uh, This miniseries is based on a 2013 Fosse biography by Sam Wasson, which I haven't read. Uh, It covers Fosse's life from his working-class Chicago childhood to his death, and each chapter heading counts down to that death, uh, much the same way it does in the miniseries, which is pretty haunting, uh, especially at the end of that first episode that I saw last night. 
The episode is entitled Life is a Cabaret. The showrunner for the miniseries is Stephen Levinson, who wrote the book for the musical Dear Evan Hansen. But uh, he also wrote the first episode as well. Uh, the episode was directed and is executive produced by Thomas Kale, who was one of the directors for Grease Live and also the director of In the Heights and Hamilton on Broadway, as well as many other things. Lin-Manuel Miranda is also an executive producer. Uh, he is the, one of the co-creators behind In the Heights and Hamilton and Bring It On, the musical, uh, a composer on Moana, and he played Jack in Mary Poppins Returns. Apparently, um, executive producer George Stelzner is the one who brought this biography to Lin-Manuel and Thomas Kale and, you know, wanted to get them aboard. And then in the miniseries, we have choreography by Andy Blankenbuehler, who uh, choreographed In the Heights and Bring It On and Hamilton. Susan Meisner is also one of the choreographers and will play uh, Joan McCracken later in the series, who was uh, Fosse's second wife. Uh, Gwen Verdon was his third. And then also behind the scenes, we have Nicole Fosse, daughter of Bob and Gwen, who is featured in the miniseries as a young child. Uh, she directs an or organization called the Verdon Fosse Legacy, which protects and oversees all of her parents' creations. And she is someone who is bringing a lot of the personal touch to this miniseries. So, Fosse Verdon FX, what did I think? As I said, there's a lot of information here that I knew. There's some information that I didn't know. And I think uh, the viewing of it is probably what I'm mostly getting out of it. The experience watching their um, particular story played out in this new telling. And some of it is, some of it works very well. Some of it is interesting. Certainly the time jump. Uh, aspect to it is something that I really kind of liked. Um, but for me, and I think for many people that I saw on Facebook, um, having two big names, having Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams as Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon is, you know, a huge, huge draw. Because a lot of these, you know, bio miniseries, a lot of these real world tell all kind of things can get very dramatic. Um, they obviously want to focus on a lot of the drama in uh, people's lives, you know, what made them tick, but also what what were the shadows behind the scenes, right? So I, I, I'm kind of a little worried these two characters, uh, characters, these two people, these two legends certainly have... Um, larger-than-life stories. So how does this particular story handle that in a way that doesn't turn it into melodrama? Well, one of the ways is you get two amazing actors, right? I mean, Michelle Williams is stunning as Gwen Verdon. She has her mannerisms down, the way she looks in all the various timelines, uh, physical features, um... There's just a, a presence that she's bringing to this character to, again, not this character, this person that is just, just flying off the screen, which is amazing. And it's especially telling in a lot of the quieter moments where she might just be talking with a producer 
or she's talking to one of the dancers in the movies that they're working on, or she's backing Fosse up when they're trying to um, discuss the gorilla costume in the cabaret movie, or when she's putting on makeup onto one of the actresses in Cabaret and giving her a backstory while she's doing it. And then the actress opens her eyes and you can tell that she is embodying that character. It really is amazing. She's doing incredible work. Um, And I just, she's an amazing actress anyway. I mean, I haven't seen much of what she's done, but the stuff that I have seen, I've just really fallen, fallen in love with her particular style of acting She's very subtle, very quiet, uh, from Brokeback Mountain. She is absolutely devastating in Blue Valentine. She was in The Greatest Showman. There's just so much that um, I want to see her in. And I think what she's bringing to this role is just incredible. And I, I like that this miniseries is exploring how deep their collaboration really goes. Because I, that's one of the things I'm learning is that it wasn't just um, a choreographer, director, and his muse. This was a true partnership and it worked both ways. And, and I knew that, but it really is great to see it on such an intimate scale. So I think that's the thing that, um, Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell can really bring to this story. And, and I like that they are showcasing that as well. Because one of the traps could be just just to show all of the musicals that they've worked on in the movies and and just, you know, try to recreate performance after performance after performance. And they're going to do a little of that, but it's nice to see the background uh, material. And funny enough, uh, there are a couple comic book connections uh, in this miniseries that I'm going to bring up. But one of the things that um, watching Michelle Williams reminded me of is I think after the first Thor movie, um, or maybe even before, when it was announced that uh, Natalie Portman was going to be Jane Foster in the Thor movies, I I said, why not Michelle Williams? I mean, Michelle Williams looks like she could be Jane Foster as walked, you know, just right off the comic book page. And I don't, someone said to me, uh, Michelle Williams, she's so plain. And I just thought, How can you see Michelle Williams act and think she is plain? I mean, she is just so energetic in in her quiet way. And I think Jane Foster as a character would have um, had far more weight than what Natalie Portman brought to it. And, uh, you know, Michelle Williams was definitely my choice to play Jane Foster. And I just think she's amazing. And I think she's the real standout here in this miniseries. So then we have Sam Rockwell, who, you know, come on, I love Sam Rockwell. I love his presence in movies. I love that he always tries to dance in all of his movies. And here he is playing a dancer and a choreographer and a man who has a lot of demons, which that is certainly no stranger to Sam Rockwell in all the characters that he plays. I was trying to think of what was the first movie I ever saw him in. I'm not sure what it was. It might have been Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when he played Zephod Beeblebrox or maybe Guy on Galaxy Quest. He was amazing as Chuck Barris in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Um, you know, he was Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I gotta see him as George Bush in Vice. 
Uh, he's just someone who is so raw. Moon was another one. He's so good. He's just so good. And this first episode, um, you know, it feels like it's a little stereotypical because he's got that cigarette in his mouth the entire uh, episode. His voice pretty much works. You know, Fosse had a Fosse had a lighter voice, very quiet. Um, we're seeing a lot of the trademark Fosse things. I think Sam is getting a little lost in it, but but it is working because it should be subtle. Um, I guess to save up for the moments where he's not going to be subtle and when he's going to be larger than life, maybe when he's younger or when it, there's something more dramatic going on. I don't know really what I'm asking for. I liked it. It was it was very good. His portrayal was very good. Um, but I think we'll see him settle a little more into it uh, as as the series goes. And then how can you not talk about the work that they're showing, you know? So we open with the Sweet Charity movie and they're working on Big Spender. We would then see when he's working on the movie Cabaret and he's working on Mine Hair. Um, we get to see some tap dancing when he envisions himself as a young child learning how to dance because he always wanted to be Fred Astaire. So we see some tap dancing from a young performer. Pretty good tap dancing. It's a little modern in its style, but um, and and sometimes the musicality got a little lost, but uh, it was pretty good. And we're already seeing rumblings um, from some of the dialogue that eventually we're going to get to Chicago, which featured Gwen Verdon and Bob Fosse, the musical Chicago, in the 70s, and would team um, Gwen Verdon up with Cheetah Rivera, and it was a, a hit. It was a hit for them on Broadway. So um, seeing all this stuff, not necessarily recreated. So from what I've read, they're not recreating a lot of this, but it's all in the same style. It's pretty damn close, though. And it, uh, especially the um, cabaret number, the mine hair number, I thought um, was was damn good in uh, trying to you know emulate the same style. And then that whole scene where Gwen Vernon is trying to call Fosse while, he, while he's working on Cabaret, and she's spelling out the name of the drug that their daughter took to school, uh, that was cool. There was just some interesting juxtaposition going on, and I hope they do more of that. That's something that Fosse absolutely did in All That Jazz, and that's just Fosse, right? So if they're going to emulate that style, I envision that they're going to do more of that. So I talked about that they are beginning this miniseries with their collaboration on Sweet Charity, the movie, which is absolutely bittersweet because um, Sweet Charity, um, you know, really managed to cement the Fosse-Verdon relationship on Broadway, but she wasn't offered the role, you know, when it came time to do the movie. And as we see in the miniseries, uh, it turns out to be a flop. So we're beginning the miniseries with Sweet Charity. And if you know anything about Fosse's life, which they are alluding to, um, or I should say the end of his life, which they're alluding to, Sweet Charity will come around again. So um, pay attention to that because that'll be a nice little bookend. And um, I feel like that's also kind of haunting in that something that caused him, you know, some doubt um, when he comes back around to it later in his life, it's going to have another effect. Um, 
they're framing the, the, the miniseries with Sweet Charity. So you'll see what I mean when we get there. Uh, so we get some other real characters, real people. Obviously, Liza Minnelli, while they're filming Cabaret, played by Kelly Barrett, who is um, someone who went to the same school that I did, in, at the uh, same university that I did. Lots of theater and TV credits. Uh, I thought she did a, a, a pretty damn good job. Uh, it was a little forced here and there, but so was Liza Minnelli, you know. Um, I don't expect these people to get every little thing. Uh, you know, Michelle Williams certainly came damn close. <laughs> so um, there is precedence. There is a benchmark for this miniseries. Uh, Kelly Barrett apparently has a comic book connection. She is uh, Maria Castle in Netflix's uh, Punisher, in Marvel's The Punisher series. So she plays the wife of Frank Castle, which, you know, I haven't seen that, so there's your comic book connection there. We see Shirley MacLaine in the opening of the episode, very briefly, played by Laura Osnes, who is a Broadway performer, which is something that I like about this episode, or about this series. They're bringing, a, bringing in a lot of Broadway performers, which makes sense because it's executive produced by a bunch of Broadway performers. Um, in the short time that we saw her, that's not what I feel Shirley MacLaine is like, especially during that time. But um, I don't know if we'll see her character again. In that opening sequence of Big Spender, we also saw Bianca Marroquin, who plays Cheetah Rivera. She is also a professional theater performer who started out in Mexico, and then she was invited to play Roxy Hart uh, in Chicago on a tour opposite George Hamilton. She has played Roxy Hart on Broadway uh, over 5,000 times, apparently, and uh, she is the first Mexican act actor ever to... Uh, to receive the Helen Hayes Award in Washington, D.C. as Outstanding Lead Actress. What's so great about her playing Cheetah Rivera and, and also having this history with the musical Chicago, so she plays, she's been playing Roxy Hart uh, in all these various uh, different theaters and tours and Broadway and elsewhere. Well, Roxy Hart was originated by Gwen Verdon, as we will see in this miniseries, but Bianca is playing Cheetah Rivera, who originated the opposite role of Velma Kelly. So I think that's just such an interesting little twist that, uh, you know, Bianca became known and, and really made a name for herself as Roxy Hart, which was originated by Gwen Verdon. And now she's starring in this musical about Gwen Verdon, and she's going to play Cheetah Rivera and play opposite of Michelle Williams, playing Gwen Verdon. So that that's just really awesome. And I have to say the flair that she gave Cheetah Rivera in the small amount of time that we saw her was stunning. She was really good. And then we have some other Broadway actors playing Broadway people. We had Norbert Leo Butts playing Patty Chayefsky. Uh, we have, um, well, I guess not all of these are, are Broadway actors, but um, the real people that they're playing certainly are Broadway people. Nate Cordry was playing Neil Simon, who wrote uh, the book for Sweet Charity. Evan Handler is playing the famous director-producer Hal Prince, uh, and he really looks like Hal Prince in this. He was the guy in the movie, I mean, in the miniseries, who 
mentions to Bob Fosse that a producer is looking for a director for the cabaret film. Uh, Harold Prince directed the original cabaret Broadway production in 1966. And then we have Cy Fuhrer, uh, played by Paul Reiser, and he was a famous producer along with Ernest Martin, and they produced musicals such as How to Succeed in Business, The Boyfriend, Guys and Dolls, Can Can, where Gwen Verdon really became famous, as I think we're going to see later on. And then he's the producer on the movie Cabaret. And apparently that little strife that he had with Bob Fosse is something that is true. If you go on YouTube and, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> if you go on YouTube and watch an award awards show with Bob Fosse where he wins an award for Cabaret, he, he talks about and references the um, tumultuous time that those two uh, men had with each other. So, Fosse Verdon. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Um, it's a little slow at times. I hate all the commercials on FX, obviously, but I want to watch it in real time, so I'm going to have to suffer for few, uh, suffer through that. Uh, as I said, a lot of the stuff I knew, I knew that Gwen Verdon helped Shirley MacLaine on the movie Sweet Charity, which that's got to be weird. Um, I did not know that she helped Fosse on the cabaret movie, so that was new to me, and the whole thing about her getting the gorilla suit and flying back uh, to Germany is absolutely true. I also didn't know about Joan McCracken, and it'll be interesting to see how that's portrayed, uh, Joan being Bob's second wife, because without her, uh, and I just saw an old interview with Fosse where he talks about this, without Joan McCracken, we may not have had Bob Fosse as a choreographer. I mean, he was a dancer, but he wasn't someone who was really, you know, sort of invested in theater. And it was because of Joan McCracken that he really started to train in New York and take writing classes and other classes. Um, so she has a strong influence uh, on his life. So I, I'm anxious to see that played out. And if you need any more, you know, sort of evidence that these... Uh, two individuals, Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, um, have such a strong legacy. All you have to do is look at the, mu the uh, music video Single Ladies from Beyonce because that was taken from a dance that Gwen Verdon did with two other dancers on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1969. It was called Mexican Breakfast, and it was choreographed by Bob Fosse. There are a ton of comparison videos on YouTube that you can see between that original dance uh, that Gwen Verdon did and then what Beyonce did in her video. And it was a clear inspiration. They, they, it's not like they hide the fact that they were inspired by that dance. Um, but even in pop culture to this day, you know, uh, they are still a legacy. And I think that's why we are getting this miniseries. And as I said, if there's any younger people that know Fosse but maybe don't know Gwen Verdon, um, Here's your chance to get to know these two individuals, and maybe you can go out and research on your own some other biographies, some other videos, all of the movies that they did together. Um, they did Damn Yankees together. You can see them dancing together in Damn Yankees, and I think we're going to get that in the miniseries. Uh, just, you know, I mean, these are two giants, as I called them, two legends, two icons, and I, for one, am really... Glad that we're getting another miniseries, and, you know, we'll see how it goes from here. 
All right, that's it. That's it for this episode. You can reach me, Peter, at thedailyrios.com. This has been The Daily Rios, episode 451. Talk to you soon. So I like my life. I, I think that I would be better off uh, if I could get away from work sometimes and not let it uh, eat at me and, and not be so obsessed with it. But it doesn't happen. I'm sorry, I need it one more time, please. Same thing.